Hello and welcome to Best Comics Ever. I'm your host, Dave Busing, the founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. You are listening to the Comic Book Herald Podcast Network. Today we'll be talking about Best Comics Ever updates for my Best Comics of All Time list. We are rapidly approaching 500 total picks on the list. Today I'll be making updates for books that I read throughout the month of February and the early part of March 2019. I've got about 18 books that I'll be adding to the list. Again, this is going to put us at, I believe, 497 total. We were very, very close to number 500, which will be pretty exciting. Um, So I'll be ranking a bunch of books, including a handful of tough ones that uh, are part of the My Marvelous Year reread that we're doing. If you're not familiar, My Marvelous Year is another podcast. It is uh, a reading club as well that you can check out if you go to MyMarvelousYear.com. It'll take you to some content on Comic Book Herald where you can see all the reading lists. And what we're doing is we're reading through every year of Marvel Comics history year by year with a curated selection of the best, most essential reads. It's quite a bit of reading, so don't worry that it's you know cutting out too much. Um, but of course, trying to keep it manageable as we make our way through. And then myself and Zach Dean are discussing and reviewing and analyzing and occasionally joking about the comics with the awesome My Marvelous Year community that we've developed. So again, if you want to learn more about that podcast, you can go ahead and subscribe right now to My Marvelous Year, uh, anywhere you find your pods, um, or go to MyMarvelousYear.com and learn more, check out the reading lists, and of course, you can always just read along on your own terms as you like. Uh, But again, because I am doing that reread, I've got a lot of sort of early days Marvel stuff. We're talking Silver Age 60s Marvel comics that I'm going to be putting on the best comics of all time list for the first time. I've, as I've talked about when I created the list, I have so much Marvel content on Comic Book Herald that I hadn't actually, you know, ranked all of the big chunks of Marvel comics that I've read over time. And I've been filling that out with a lot of newer stuff, but now I'm really considering uh, ranking, you know, chunks of giant runs throughout Marvel history and and trying to place them in what is otherwise sort of a DC indie heavy list. And it's really going to shake things up a bit. Um, And it makes things difficult because as much as I love Marvel, now I have to consider how do I love it in comparison to, you know, stuff like Watchmen, stuff like Sandman, things that don't fall into big two superhero genre type books. So, With that said, uh, before I get into ranking the first comics, I again want to say thank you to everyone who supports Comic Book Herald on Patreon. Uh, Those of you who go to patreon.com slash comicbookherald can find ways to uh, chip in as little as a dollar a month to keep the lights on, keep Comic Book Herald up and running. And of course, uh, based on the tier that you're supporting, there are exclusives and bonuses that I contribute every month, uh, really weekly, to the Patreon channel. channel. There's a lot of um, some stuff's early access. You can get exclusive you know, columns that I write uh, early. You can also get access to, um, here in the coming months, I, I took a poll in February, and I was asking the Patreon crew, you know, what would you like to see more of as far as exclusive benefits for Comic Book Herald Faithful? And a lot of people were interested in very... Um, like more ongoing reading clubs. So we're doing the My Marvelous Year read, and that's fun for the Marvel diehards. But I think one thing that I'm considering now that will definitely be happening in April as at minimum a goal for a, a stretch goal is you know doing a big reading club read through giant sort of classic runs, a lot of which you know would be things I have maybe on the best comics of all time list. So things like the Grant Morrison era of Doom Patrol. 
I think is particularly topical. That's, you know, 50 plus issues. And of course, with Doom Patrol airing on DC Universe right now and and frankly blowing my mind. It is so good. Um, maybe more on that in the in the coming weeks here on the pod. But, you know, stuff like that. So if you're interested, check it out. It's on patreon.com slash comicbookherald. And again, thank you to everyone who has supported the site over the years. Um, or even just visiting, telling friends, talking about Comic Book Herald, interacting, all of that is is much appreciated. And by the same token, if you like the podcast, if you like the work I'm doing, um, and you can find me pretty much anywhere nowadays. You know, if you look for Comic Book Herald on on podcasts, we got Best Comics Ever in My Marvel this year. I've got the the fledgling YouTube channel up and going. We did some 2000, you know, what's up with Captain Marvel in 2019 content on the Comic Book Herald YouTube channel. Uh, but again, if you like the podcast uh, and you got a second, please rate, rate and review. It'll help me find more listeners, and obviously, the more people I can bring into Comic Book Herald, uh, the happier I am. So, all right. That's the that's the main stuff out of the way. Let's get into ranking some comic books. So the first book I'm looking at on the list today is Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus Volume 1 issues number 1 to 38. This is the written by Stanley, drawn by Steve Ditko years of of truly the start of Amazing Spider-Man. And of course, this would also include his debut in Amazing Fantasy number 15. Now, Spider-Man is my favorite comic book hero of all time. Uh, bar none, I love Spider-Man, I love Peter Parker, uh, and I, I love all the variations that have come since that time. These first 38 issues are, it, it is hard to undersell their importance historically, right? These are, not only are they some of the best Silver Age comics right out of the gate, but they are so much of what would establish the Marvel Universe moving forward and what really works. I mean, I think Spidey throughout the 60s, even as we're doing the My Marvelous Year reread, some of the series can ebb and flow, quality ebbs and flows, it gets, you know, maybe a little stale in parts. Spider-Man is is really the standard, alongside Fantastic Four, which I'll talk about in a second here, um, that, that never really dips. It's always interesting, it's always good, and these Stan and Steve years are, of course, you know, they establish the first 38 issues. It's it's so much that is developed here. So many villains are introduced. Just in the first, you know, 10, you've got Vulture, Doc Ock, um, you've got the chameleon in issue number one, strangely enough. And, and of course, you know, the lizard, so many more. He fights Dr. Doom and Amazing Spider-Man number five. Uh, you get all the supporting cast, J. Jonah Jameson, Betty Brant. Um, you get, uh, well, Gwen's not, Gwen's not here yet. She'll come in the, the second half, but, but you get Flash Thompson, right? You get all these, these characters that have become mainstays in the Spidey universe, and these issues are really, really great. Now, the tough challenge for me, and, and I should mention too, just like on a personal note, when I was getting back into comics, um, or really for the first time getting into reading comics, the essential Marvel collection of these first Spider-Man issues black and white reprints, uh, were a huge part of what got me thinking, man, I really I really want to read anything I can get my hands on. These are so fun. These are so good. Uh, I remember picking up an essential copy of these early AMS issues as I was, I was working in the college radio station and producing like sports broadcasts that we were doing. Um, did some play-by-play back in my day. But when I was a producer, particularly on baseball games, which are long and slow and you don't have to do a heck of a lot, I would sit just reading these AMS issues, just blown away at, at 
you know, thinking like, man, how have I not been reading comics? So these, these Spidey issues hold a very special place in sort of my comics DNA. The challenge is, is twofold. One, how do they compare to Fantastic Four? I think is, is a challenge to, to, for me to answer. I've got the Fantastic Four Omnibus Volume 1, which is the first 30 issues plus the annual, ranked at number 162 on on my list right now. And I think when I ranked this last month, a big part of what I talked about was I don't like the first 30 issues of Fantastic Four as much as I like the next 30, right? Which is actually the next collection I'm going to talk about after we, after I rank MS is going to be Fantastic Four number 31 to 60. So right away, if I'm going to say Spidey's better than the next section of Fantastic Four, which is a very tough call, um, just to be honest. So let's let's start talking about that in Fantastic Four Volume 2. So that second collection of Fantastic Four introduces the Inhumans. It builds up to the coming of Galactus in issues number 48 to number 50, which is one of the biggest, most iconic Marvel stories of all time by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And from there, issue number 51 is called This Man, This Monster, which is an all-time great single issue. Uh, it's, it's about Ben Grimm, really battling depression and uh, about sort of a i mean quote unquote no name villain who impersonates ben and then has sort of a a personal revelation as he helps read explore the negative zone and I, I don't even want to say more than that it's just it's one of the best issues sam and jack ever did on fantastic four and it's crazy because it's in between galactus it's in between silver surfer it's right before the black panther is introduced and oh by the way black panthers introduced the next two issues and then followed by uh, one of my favorite fantastic four sagas which is ff 57 to number 60 in which dr doom steals the silver surfer's power cosmic so that second volume of fantastic four is is amazing it is off the charts imaginative i still i think just because i like spidey so much i don't know that i can put it above amazing spider-man so okay so we're setting, setting a barrier, and I'm saying, all right, both of those have to be better than Fantastic Four Omnibus Volume 1, which, again, I have very high at number 162 on the list. So I'm going to scroll all the way up, and let's just see, do these fit inside the top 100? Because I, I think they have to. Um, you know, one thing I was thinking when I was starting ranking these was, are all these are all these classic Marvel series just going to go inside my top 10? And I don't, I don't think that they do. There's, you know, a few components I look at when I'm ranking these. And like historical importance, right, and sort of the weight and influence they've held, in those terms, these books go inside the top 10 easily, right? It's, it's impossible to imagine so much of what follows uh, in the superhero and in the comics genre without these Stan and Steve and Stan and Jack books. That said, I'm also weighing just how good are the stories, how much do I want to reread them, um, but, but again, I am giving a lot of value. So I'm, so I'm weighing all these things, you know, against each other. And I'm just kind of scrolling my list here. I've got sex criminals at sort of the perpetual number 69 on the list. That is not an accident. I had a reader comment and tell me that that should be the case. And I'm quite okay with that. I think both of these have to go above that. Um, so, okay, I'm scrolling way up now. Let's go to the top 50. And I've got Hip Hop Family Tree as my current number 50. I've got Alias Jessica Jones, the original Marvel Max series written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Michael Gatos, which introduced and created Jessica Jones. I think in terms of 
what I'd rather reread. I mean, again, it's like you're comparing modern sensibilities to Silver Age. It gets tough. That said, I've reread these first 38 issues of Spidey several times, and I've only reread Jessica Jones like once. So, okay, it's got to be better than that. Black Hammer is my number 48. That's an interesting comparison point because Black Hammer is doing so much with taking the um, taking the Stan and Steve and taking the Jack Kirby ideas and the, and the foundations that they laid for what superhero comics would be and modernizing and and providing this sort of introspection with them. I mean, Black Hammer does not exist without these creators and without these stories. That said, does it mean that it's better than the original? I would definitely rather read it. You know, I'd rather reread Black Hammer because it's built for a reader in 2018-2019. That said, I don't know that that, that, that's where this this really becomes challenging to rank. So these these I knew these were gonna be tough. I I knew this was gonna take me a long time to really plot out in my head where I wanted these to go. Um, Because it, it again it gets weird. Like saying, for example, New 52 Batman which I have a number 40 on my best comics of all time list. Saying New 52 Batman is better than the original first 38 issues of Amazing Spider-Man is, like, slanderous. <laughs> you know? It's it's kind of wild, but I would, I mean, I do, would definitely rather reread New 52 Batman. It's just, it's built for modern sensibilities. And I quite like Silver Age comics. You know, don't get me wrong, but again, I there's like a, an unearned nostalgia that I have for these. You know, it's like, it's fun for me, and it's a historical curiosity to see how comics were delivered in 1960, but I didn't live it. You know, these aren't actually a part, really, of my childhood. Like I said, I didn't really come to this historical sort of, like, again, like, unearned nostalgia until I was in college. So it's not a part of my childhood. It doesn't really have that same sort of weight. Um, I'm looking at, okay, here's... Here's where it's going to get interesting. So number 31, I have Marvels, which is a four-issue series by writer Kurt Busiek and artist Alex Ross that was created in the 90s. And Marvels actually pulls from this era of Fantastic Four in particular. It does a sort of from-the-ground uh, view of the coming of Galactus. And it does similar things with Marvel history. It actually does it a little bit later in Spidey history with the, the Spidey-focused issue. Um... Marvels is tighter, and it definitely, it definitely does a nice, it does a nicer job of modernizing, and and sort of focusing on what these stories could mean for a new audience. Um, does that mean it's better? Oh man, I don't I don't know why I set myself up for these things. This is going to be extremely extremely difficult. I mean, here's the thing: if I put Amazing Spider-Man inside the top ten. I'd feel fine with that. I mean, I've got Why the Last Man in my number 10 right now. I don't I don't think I'd say Amazing Spider-Man, the original issues, are better than The Dark Knight Returns, which I have at number 9. You know, an all-time classic of the genre. And one for me that actually holds up surprisingly well. I reread this after Batman vs. Superman, and I, I really expected that The Dark Knight Returns would drop, that I would think it was kind of... I don't know, sort of gritty for the sake of gritty and, and a little over the top. But actually, I found it had kind of a nodding, winking humor to it that, that really helped. Um, okay, so 
I mean, man, I did not expect to go this high with this. Because the other challenge, too, with Spidey is, okay, after issue 38, Steve Ditko, is it 38 or 39? Yes, yeah, 38. Steve Ditko is off the book, right? He did 38 issues, then he did two annuals, Amazing Spider-Man annual number one, which is a the Sinister Six issue, which is awesome. And he did Amazing Spider-Man annual number two, which is the uh, Doctor Strange crossover, which Ditko was also the co-creator of Doctor Strange alongside Stan Lee. And But here's the thing is the book doesn't drop off after that. It, it brings on John Romita, and, and Romita, like, picks it up and runs with it. And him and Stan Lee immediately go into these amazing Green Goblin stories in issue 39 and 40. And and then you get Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane developed. And I, I mean, that era of Spidey, I, you know, I might like just as much, if not more. Uh, so it's, it's tough. I don't necessarily, I think you have to break up the eras because they do read differently. And, you know, the one thing I haven't mentioned is these first 38 issues, the majority, more than half, is you know into the into issue 20 something i want to say like 26 uh peter parker's in high school so this is actually like the rare peter parker in high school sequence of stories because from the marvel universe here on out peter's like in college forever or he's a struggling young adult and these are the only high school stories and i quite like peter in high school because it establishes that background so effectively so all right i'm gonna go pretty high with this i think I was where I'm at now because I'm looking at I've got Punk Rock Jesus at 16, I've got Starman at 17, I've got All Star Superman at 18. Uh, these are all books I love, but like Punk Rock Jesus, that is a very that's a very personal ranking. You're not going to find that as the 16th best comic on a whole lot of people's lists. I think I can say the first 38 issues of Spidey are better than Boxers and Saints, uh, better than Blankets. My favorite thing is Monsters is a recent high ranking that I love. Love, love, love that book at number 13. But just the importance of superheroes in my life is just, i that's just, it's something that speaks to me. And it's a mythology that I love and respect the heck out of. So let's put it inside the top 10. Um, I think that's I think that's fair. I'm going to put it at my new number 10. And then Amazing Spider-Man issues number 1 to 38. And again, like there's so much to talk about here. But I haven't, I haven't even talked about the fact that this includes probably the best Spidey story definitely of the silver age but like of all time amazing spider-man number 31 to 33 the final chapter you got spidey lifting that real heavy machinery off his back as the water pours on him and the incredible stan lee you never give up dialogue as, as steve delivers you know fully what that means or what that would look like so all right we're gonna do it number 10 on the best comics of all time list and this is the first time i've been doing the pod that i rank something inside the top 10 I think uh, my favorite things in Monsters is probably the highest ranked book that I've done since I've been doing the podcast and ranking these stories. I'm going to put the first 38 issues by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko at number 10 on my list. That is really high, but uh, I'm good with that. That feels right. Okay, so now we got to talk Fantastic Four, Omnibus Volume 2, which, as I mentioned, I definitely think is better than the first 30 issues of Fantastic Four. The question is how much better... Um, I love Silver Age Fantastic Four. Definitely doing the My Marvelous Year binge gave me a lot of new perspective on how good these comics were. I think I don't want to overthink it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to Marvels, which we talked about, and I'm going to put it right around there. The only question is, yeah, I think it's, it's better than The Walking Dead Compendium Volume 1. And it's going to go, 
let's let's put it just under Marvels because some of that when you go from like 31, I guess the ride from 31 to 48 basically is is definitely more uneven. Um, if you think about you know Stan and Jack, they're they're working in the Inhumans and there's a lot of development going on. But that those issues they're very interesting because like man, Dragon Man plays a surprisingly prominent role. But until you get to Galactus, it's kind of uneven. And then you know it's interesting but uneven. And then you go just on a tear of Galactus, this man, this monster, Black Panther, um, and again that Doom stealing Silver Surfer's powers story arc. So I'm gonna put that at the new number thirty three on the list and now we've got two giant chunks of classic marvel inside our top 50 i feel good about that i didn't think going into this i would actually put those that high but again just weighing that historical value and the fact that i think those stories hold up as very very fun today um i feel fine i feel good about this all right i've, I've talked myself into it so okay that took a long time and just to do two rankings that's okay. I think I'll probably make time for, oh boy, um, there's a lot of these I want to talk about. Maybe this will be a two-parter, actually. Let's consider that. So I think from here on out, so all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do one more My Marvelous Year related rank, which is the Thor Epic Collection, The God of Thunder, which is the first, um, I don't have it offhand, but the first uh, like 20-ish issues of Journey into Mystery with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby developing Thor. In the Silver Age of Marvel, alongside um, you know the the whole Asgard network of gods, and I don't rank those nearly as high as as Fantastic Four or Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I've actually got those below some modern reads that I'm gonna rank next. I think on the part two of this, so like Ultimates, a recent series by Al Ewing and Kenneth Rockford, Murder, Murder Falcon, which is a series by Daniel Warren Johnson. Which actually, looking at it now, I probably shouldn't. Probably finish, let that ride out. I think it's only going to be eight issues, so maybe I won't rank that yet. But anyway, I've got The Authority Above It by Warren Ellis, Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue DeConnick, Superman Shazam First Thunder, which I reread and actually really enjoyed. Um, I've got all those like slightly more modern reads above these these first issues of Journey into Mystery. I think Thor in the Silver Age will get better. Uh, this is not definitely not his peak, so I think this one's going to go more middle of the road. It's definitely not going to go as high as that first volume of Fantastic Four even. That I talked about at like number 164 now. Um, let's see. So Thor, God of Thunder, his debut in Journey into Mystery. This is going to go lower on the list, but not in a bad spot. I'm looking I'm looking in the 200s here. Um, let's see. I think it's got to go. I'm looking at like Infinite Crisis. I've got it number 224 on the list. Kate Bishop Hawkeye. 2016 series i've got right above that i'd probably rather read both of those than these journey into mystery issues again um let's see let's look at some dc comparisons i don't necessarily have a ton like of silver age comps but is it as good as hush or thanos wins those are just those are just so easy to read by comparison. I don't think it's as good as Ragnarok, Volume 1, which is the Walt Simonson joint. Now, when we get to my role, your ranking of Walt Simonson's time writing Thor, uh, we're going to have to be going back up to that top 10. That's going to be, oh boy, this list is going to get crowded real fast. But uh, okay, so 
Thor, where am I going to put you? I like Journey into Mystery better than... Let's see. Maybe I need to scroll down. I, again, like it's going to get a lot better, but these aren't my favorite. These aren't my favorite. Okay, I think it's better than some of this. So it's better in Providence, Act 1, Al Moore written joint, somewhat modern. Um, I like it better than Wonder Woman Rebirth Year 1, which is the Greg Ricca written series. We can put it... Um, let's put it right below Checkmate, which is the DC, another Greg, Greg Rucker written series. It's all spies and post-Infinite Crisis DC Universe. That's where Thor Epic Collection, The God of Thunder, is going to go. Again, Silver Age Thor will do better in, in subsequent volumes. So that's going to be the new number 271 on the list. So, all right, I'm at right about 25 minutes of talking about ranking uh, Silver Age Marvel books. I think what I'm going to do in the interest of time and, and in the interest of getting another episode out is I'll rank some of the rest of these um, more modern books in a separate episode. And I think that will give then fair shrift to uh, what I'm going to be talking about. So again, just to give you a heads up of what I'll be talking about in the next one, we're going to talk about Ultimates. We're going to talk about The Authority. We're going to talk about Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue DeConnick, Superman Shazam, First Thunder, X-Men Grand Design, Maneaters, Teen Titans by Jeff Johns, Booster Gold by Jeff Johns, Hunt for Wolverine, Weapon Lost, Spider-Gwen, the uh, recent series that wrapped up by Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez, The Power of Shazam, Graphic Novel, Domino, written by Gail Simone, Old Man Logan, written by Ed Breeson, and Infinity Countdown, the Marvel event. So that is to come. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been a kind of stressful experience, I have to say. <laughs> but we have a new number 10. That's exciting. I'm kind of curious to hear some feedback on this. I don't know how I'm going to feel about this tomorrow, but right now it feels right. It feels good to have Stan and Steve inside the top 10. Um, maybe I'll reconsider as I go. But right now, Amazing Spider-Man, number 10 on the best comics of all time list. You've been listening to Best Comics Ever, Comic Book Herald podcast. Thank you to everybody for your support. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere, really, as Comic Book Herald. Go on over to comicbookherald.com. We've got a lot of cool writing. I've got John Galati and Matt Lane writing for me these days. Some really great articles. It's not just me writing anymore. we got a lot of people doing uh, some really, like, substantive and and frankly it's making me jealous how good how good some of the writing is so going over comicbookherald.com you can find a lot of good comics content and of course as always keep on listening let me know what you think go to patreon.com slash comicbookherald to give me a shout and enjoy the comics